Good evening, LCM. It is Wednesday night, and it is getting dark outside yeah. in more ways than one. Yep. We are about to begin a seven-part series this evening called Into the Darkness. Church, our first installment will be Sons Sent Into the Darkness. Look, don't despair. This will be a sobering but uplifting sermon series. The Holy Word has prepared us for our present times. And the Spirit is preparing us for the times yet to come. I want to read something to you from Luke 23, beginning in verse 28. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Church, if the perfect Son of God was sent to the darkness of this world and was so treated, why would we believe that as sons we would be treated any differently than He? Wow. Church, if watching the visible Word of God manifest resulted in His crucifixion, why would we expect anything else? If men did these things when the tree was green, what will happen after 2,000 or more years? Did not an apostolic father like Paul tell us to expect these days, but also present the solution to us? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, turn there with us. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. It says this. In fact, everyone... Somebody say everyone Everyone. Everyone. who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Mm. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But it's for you. Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Amen. Because you know those from whom you learn it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Church, Paul, as a father speaking to his spiritual son, encouraged him. You know, per- perhaps Paul had in mind the words of John, who was the father, who was in the father before Paul was. In fact, John 1.5 says this in ESV. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not what? Overcome it. See, we were built for times like these. And our sons will be built for times far worse than these. Remember that Jesus told us about this very thing. Matthew 24, 21 says this. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now. And never to be equaled again. See, church, we are raising generations that will be able to stand in fulfillment of Jesus' words. And they will see the testimony of the true kingdom to all nations. Consider Matthew 24 and verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Amen. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Amen. Another apostolic father related the days coming to the days gone by 
by in the earliest times of creation. Everybody turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. I didn't catch that, Matthew. Tell me about that apostolic father again. Another apostolic father related the days coming to the days gone by in the earliest times of creation. The apostolic father we're about to read about took his present day and he related it to earlier days as early as in the beginning of creation. And it's still true today. Second Peter three, verse three is where we pick up. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. (laughs) Scoffing. (laughs) They will say, where is this coming? He promised ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Amen. As some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Praise God for the Lord's patience. We will send simple men, our sons and spiritual sons, into the darkness. See, Amen. they will hold out the word of life in the darkest of situations. Most men will mock them as simple men, but many will see that they are sons of God in the light of eternity and want to be saved through their message. As fathers in the faith, we instruct our sons how to face this darkness by using the law of God to incline their hearts towards the light of eternity. As fathers in the faith, We guard their hearts as sons by using the prophets to warn them of the troubles that a creation in rebellion to God will in fact face. As fathers in the faith, we strengthen our sons in the writings by compelling them to walk in the light of eternity that overcomes this darkness in every historical setting. We will send our sons into the darkness and they will overcome this world. The light of God's word has sanctified them. And they have something to share with you this evening. Father told me when I was young Walk close beside me Be holy, son And listen closely To what I say I'll lead you through this And will help you Walk in the way Oh yeah, you Oh God, your heart. 
your faith will last trials will come and they will pass and don't be troubled and don't be afraid I will help you there's a price to
Man, were you guys blessed by that song? We were excited to get to participate in that with you. Uh, Peyton has been prayerfully seeking the face of God, working through that to produce something that uh, we hope you would be blessed by. There's one moment here. We're going to get everybody's notes up, and then we're going to get right into it. You guys excited? So tonight, we wanted to begin with you in the beginning. Does that make sense? Let's open up to Genesis together. We're going to pick up in the very first chapter. God is moving inside of us and stirring something up that we can see in the very beginning of the scripture that I think is going to build as we go, both in the word of God and inside of our souls. Is anybody alive in the house of God right now? I know that you guys are. This is the most fantastic group of believers that I have ever been a part of. So we're going to pick up in Genesis 1, and we're going to read 1 through 4 to begin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. You see, the truth is, is that there has always been darkness on the earth, even from the beginning. And that darkness has, in fact, been increasing all the way to today. But you want to know something? The Lord saw this, and what did He do? He sent His light. And that light has also been increasing, church. Church, we know who that light is. Who is that light, church? Jesus! What's His name? Jesus! Come on, a little louder. That's right. God sent a son into the world. Come on. That son who is the word of God is also the head of a body with many members. Somebody say hallelujah if you're a part of that body. You are sons of God and his light is also within you. You have been sent to subdue this earth. Amen. In that very darkness, they saw him as a simple Simple kind of man. And they will see you the very same way. But in the light of eternity, he is the very solution that the world is longing for, that they need. No beauty or majesty, and yet he was the solution to the darkness. Say this with me, church. A simple son. A simple son. Sent into the darkness. Sent into the darkness. Is the solution. Is the solution. Saints, the tenor of tonight is going to largely be based upon... That work that Christ was sent into the darkness and how it radically transformed who we are and what we are doing. We are going to participate in Christ. Turn to Genesis 5 with us. When you get to the fifth chapter of Genesis, land on the 28th verse and say there when you're there. 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 When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a what? A son. Come on now. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. You see, Noah is a son of Lamech. When darkness was increasing on the earth, when darkness was so bad that God said he was grieved that he had made man, guess what? A son was born and God's grief stopped. But you want to know something about Noah? His only father wasn't Lamech. 
He had another father. He was a son of God and he was a son of the light that was invading the earth. I want to reference something to you about Noah. This comes from Genesis 6 verse 9. It says, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Come on, our Heavenly Father's answer to the world's situation has always to send a simple son into the darkness. Though the world did not see or recognize him, in the light of eternity, he was the solution. Amen. Amen. Come on, saints. We all know that the increase of darkness knows no bounds. But the simple solution will always be sons of God sent into that darkness, just like Noah was sent. Come on, let's go over Genesis chapter 6. Pastor Wade is slaying it tonight. Come on, when you get to Genesis chapter 6, say you're there. When men began to increase in number on the earth, And daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. And they married any one of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. See, the enemy, the enemy sought a scheme. And through sensual, wayward spirits, he made sons... Of his own. That's yucky. That's yucky. They were men of renown, complex, champions of their day. Their cause was their own vanity. Man, oh man. They were ever evolving. They were increasing in strength and in size. They were becoming more efficient. And this sounds like a satanic son of Islam. Or maybe a sodomite agenda in the church at large like an ever-growing prosperity gospel one that is easier and easier to accept they're just getting bigger man Man. it's amazing what this half-breed son was creating upon the earth you see the worldly men of the day cowered in their presence but god's solution came through sending simple sons into the darkness simple sons like noah who would not give up until they succeeded in their task oh come on a simple son of god sent into the darkness saved the human race and drove out the sinful progeny of the darkness on the earth Amen. saints you know that it has always been this way the answer to this world has always been the sending of sons it's always been this way the darkness around us is only increasing but so are the number of sons who will not shrink back. Come on. You yeah. see, that number is also increasing. We want you guys to consider for a moment a few quick examples of other sons who were sent out into darkness and had an effect on the darkness. You guys ready? Yeah. You're going to do this with us? Yeah. Moses, a simple castaway son sent into the darkness of Egypt, learned to walk in the light of eternity until he prevailed over the darkness in the gods of Egypt. Think about the great King David, but started as a simple shepherd's son, and he was sent into the darkness of Saul's deluded state, but he learned to walk by the light of eternity, and in doing so, preserved the coming salvation through the Davidic king. Amen. Come on, let's talk about Joshua. Joshua, a simple but spiritual son of Moses, was sent straight into the darkness of sin-soaked Canaan. But he learned to walk in the light of eternity, overcoming all who opposed him. Amen. Chris, talk about Ezra with me, brother. Come on. Come on. Ezra was a studied son. 
He was sent into the darkness of a nation, starved of God's word, but he learned to walk in the light of eternity, and he spoke the words of salvation to every soul. Man, oh man, Ezra had a counterpart. It was Nehemiah, a son of God and a servant to the king. He was sent into the darkness of Israel's stricken state, but he learned to walk in the light of eternity, and he strengthened their station brick by brick. Both Ezra and Nehemiah to go into the darkness because they had a revelation from a simple son named Daniel. He was steadfast and he was sent into the darkness of Babylon and he learned to walk in the light of eternity and he could not be seduced by the king's meat. Come on, someone say amen. Amen. Our God has always been in the business of taking the lowly, the despised, the stricken of this earth and saving them unto sonship. Say sonship. So that he may send them back into the darkness with the newly found light of eternity in their souls. Come on, church, turn with us to Job. And with all the power that you can muster, find chapter five. (laughs) Come on, can somebody say it's good news that he works with the lowly and despised? Good news! Thank God he doesn't leave us there. Let's see what happens in Job. Hallelujah, Job chapter five and verse 11. Who's there with us? The lowly he sets on high. Come on. Wow, how the kingdom of God works and is so different than the kingdom that we're surrounded with, with our eyes. Those who mourn are lifted to safety. Look, that was you. That was me. That was who we were. Go on to verse 12. He thwarts the plans of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. Look, sending sons into the darkness is the only path to success. No scheme, no model of growth, no no weird amount of subtle selfishness will be sufficient. We must walk in the light of eternity. Take a look at verse 13 now. He catches the wise in their craftiness, and the schemes of the wily are swept away. Man, it's usually not a good thing to be called simple, but in light of this verse, I want to be a simple man. Yeah! I want to be one that is a son that is sent into darkness. One that understands God's plan and no one else's. I don't need to be brave. I don't need to be smart. I don't need to be crafty. I need to be the one that is in the will of God. In light of the eternity, those that are wise in their own eyes will be swept away. It's just a matter of time. When we consider this kind of eternal perspective... I want you to look at Isaiah, another son that was sent into darkness in a desperate situation. Let's look at Isaiah 43 together. Isaiah 43, verse 12 through 15. Say, I'm a simple son when you're there. I'm a simple son. I'm a simple son. Verse 12. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. Hallelujah. I have revealed and saved and proclaim, I, and not some foreign God among you, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Everybody say it. I am his witness. I am his witness. You see, you are simple sons. God chooses you as his witnesses, as simple sons. You are his sons that he has appointed, and he sends you into the world. We must walk in the light of eternity and proclaim our coming king. Why? Because he is the one revealing, he is the one saving, and he is the one proclaiming light over darkness. Turn with me to verse 13. It says, yes, and from ancient days, I am he. 
No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? No one. No one can reverse it. No one can reverse what God does. And you know what that means? No one can reverse what God does through your hands because you are His sons being sent out into the darkness. Oh, come on now. Somebody say, when I'm sent, when I'm sent the darkness can't stop me. Better look out. Let's go to verse 14. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. (laughs) Ha ha, that's our God. In the light of eternity, the sons of Babylon will not stand. They will not succeed and they will not be saved. They mock us as simple men, but we are simply saved sons sent into the darkness. Amen. Somebody turn to Luke chapter 10 with us. Come on. Come on. Luke chapter 10. Come on, give us a sons when you get there. The sons of God are going to begin reading in verse 2. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. It has always been the call of Christ. This has always been it. Sons are beckoned that they be sent into the darkness to rescue those that are held captive to the dominion of darkness. We are at war with the darkness of this world. It has held its grip upon souls called to salvation for far too long. And I'm not going to stand for it any longer. How about you? It's time that we walk in the light of eternity and not love our lives so much as to shrink back from death. Come on, saints. We all know each other. We all love each other in this room. And I know good and well that every one of you wrestle with areas of your life where you know that God is calling you to face that darkness just a little bit more. We are moving beyond just preaching about you putting your own sin to death. We're talking about looking at the enemy and saying, I'm going into that darkness for the sake of Christ today. See, we are simple men. Men who are simply unafraid, simply unyielding, simply unwilling to give up on our call into darkness. Wolves be damned. Right. Even if I'm a sheep, I'm a sheep for Christ. Right. Consider 1 John 3, 8. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Can it get any more clear than this? No. Be- because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Not to modify it. Not to mitigate it. To destroy it in the house of God. Right. No one who was born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Come on. This is the righteous and holy God that you were born to as well. Think about this for a second. The devil stealing, killing, and destroying. A simple carpenter comes into the world who is in fact God's son. And that is his mission to destroy the devil's work. Oh, come on. You are now a participator in that family function. Come on, church. You are a participator. He is the firstborn from among the dead, the firstborn of many brothers. You are simple sons of God being sent to destroy the devil's work. That is your family function. That is your family fight. And that is your family favor that you have over the kingdom of darkness as you go into it. He is sending you, his son, into a sacred battle with searing lines of distinction. 
We choose to be sent into the darkness completely willing. Say completely willing. Completely willing. Believing in the light of eternity that we were born for this very purpose. We, you, us, me, we are here to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Amen. That is our purpose. There's a second part to that. We're also here to rescue those that are held captive by that same kingdom of darkness. Amen. Secret, sinful seduction has no part in the son who knows why he was sent into the darkness. Are you beginning to get the revelation of why you are being sent into the darkness tonight? In the light of eternity, you are made to usher in his kingdom through that kingdom of darkness Light will burst forth through your life and through my life. Saints, we can speak on and on about so many things that we, you must do. You must change it. What we are calling for tonight with the pastors here setting the direction is that it's time for us to answer the call of our Heavenly Father. He is beckoning us. He is sending us. He has arranged your life. The ministry that has been going on here has been calling you to one specific purpose. It's to answer the call of God to be sent into the darkness. It's to answer the call of God to plunge in headlong with no longer concern for your life, but fighting for Christ's sake to see his gospel advanced. It's time tonight that we hear his call in no other voice. Like a poor man that has no other concerns. Hear the voice of God. Respond to it. And let everything else be cast off to the side. Tonight we need to ask God to wash our eyes. We need to ask God to wash our eyes from all of the temporal, worldly affairs that we see around us. And ask Him to help us walk in the light of eternity. Tonight, eternity is beckoning us. What you do in this life as a son, you will have to reflect on for eternity. That will echo in forever and ever. Eternity is beckoning us tonight, sending for us to take our place as sons being sent. Saints, we want to go as far as to say, hurry to take your place. See, I know these pastors, they're not going to wait on you. They will get as much as they possibly can. They will drive into this presence. They will go after the lost. And those deeds can only be done once. God has set up things that are in store for you. Ephesians 4 speaks about this. That He has righteous linen for you to be wearing when you meet Him. Don't wait for someone else. Hurry before someone takes your place. They're not going to take it easy. I'm not going to take it easy. We're a church that is running after the call of God. Don't wait for someone else to fulfill it. See, I know Pat Rosales back there. He's got a call of God on him. Don't wait for somebody else to fulfill it. See, the Lord will get His will done. It is your calling to go into the darkness and take back captives, to see life set free. Don't wait around for Him to find a replacement. Be the one that is willing. Maybe not perfect tonight. Maybe a little broken. Maybe still being transformed. But the one that is willing to race in, God will work with. See, that's what we're looking for this evening. That's what God is breathing upon us this evening. Hurry to run into the darkness. Church, let's consider the result of those sent like lambs before wolves. Turn back to Luke 10 and find verse 18. Say there when you're there. Verse 18, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We as sons have been given the authority of the Father. Someone say amen. Amen. It is our responsibility, our delight, even our luxury to take into the darkness. We are the simple solution that will save others who are straying from the Savior. We are rejoicing because we know who our Father is. We must call up others to arise from the depths of this dark world and into His light. Amen. Keep going with us in verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, Imagine Jesus, full of joy of the Holy Spirit, and him making this this kind of proclamation. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. You know what Jesus was saying in that moment? I'm revealing my revelation from heaven, the Father's revelation to simple men. Forget about your own wisdom. Forget about your own learning. Forget about your own reputation. Forget about you, 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 you. Your Father has priceless wisdom for the Son who is willing to give up all of that for His wisdom. You see, you can have a joyful proclamation of a revelation of God in your own life. You see, you can be filled with joy like Jesus was. Oh my goodness, Father, thank You. Thank You, Father, because You have revealed Your treasures, Your revelation to me. Amen. Thank You, Father. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever, give up anything, walk away from anything. If it means that I can participate in your kingdom like that. Come on. That is good news for us tonight, church. There's something about the Lord. You see, he only calls those who do not have a noble background. Those who come from foolish circumstances, he uses them to shame the wise. I am proud to be a son like that. You see, God delights in something. He delights in hiding his wisdom from those who consider themselves wise and learned. Man, this ought to cause us to want to be simple, to want to be simply in love with God's purpose for us and be simply in love with him sending us wherever he needs us to go. He hides his his wisdom from those who consider themselves wise. But instead, you know who he gives it to? He gives it to his simple sons who are like little children waiting on him, delighting in him, wanting more revelation from him. That is the servant that he delights in. That is the servant that he lifts up from the ground and he gives them the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Those sons who have that, man, when you've got that, you can't help but being sold out. You can't help but being sanctified soldiers looking to serve the source of your salvation, can you? All you want to do is serve your father in that moment because he is giving you treasures from heaven. You know, my favorite part about Luke 10 is that they did not know what was going to happen by the end of the chapter. Jesus the Christ said, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. The end result of that kind of life was that Satan fell like lightning. See, when I think about that, I think about a man like Rick Lawhon. I remember when Rick got born again and he was working alongside other men. For very, very little pay. Very, very, very hard. 
And he got in a car and he drove and moved anywhere that he, the Lord had shown him that he must. It didn't matter what it cost him. And he had no idea that he'd end up with a family. He had no idea that he'd end up with sons in this very house. See, when a man is willing to be sent into the darkness with no concern about what is going on other than eternity, God is able to produce a victory out of that. Let's take a look at John 17, and we're going to pick up in the 15th verse. Somebody say, sons, when you get there. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Saints, I want to consider this with you for just a moment. This is Christ speaking to his disciples. Christ speaking to the people that are his sons upon the earth. It was never that we were going to be taken out. It was never that we would stay at home or shelter in place. It was never that we were just going to pastor the pretty. It was never that we we're going to pamper the prosperous or protect our own position. It was always that we might be protected from the evil one. Christ always intended that we would be in the darkness, that his sons would be sent headlong into it. But his prayer was that the darkness would not corrupt them. It would not overwhelm them. It would not be able to subdue them, but they might subdue it. You are the sons he is sending into the darkness this evening. He is walking with you now and will be walking with you in eternity. See, when we walk with him now, believing, living like we are already standing by his side. In fact, he kind of is. You will spend eternity close to your father. See, the relationship that we have with him now is what defines the way that we view the world now. And it defines the way that we will be viewed in eternity. Saints, I'm excited to see you reach the full potential of what Christ has called you to. I'm excited to see every one of you plunging into darkness with no concern about your own safety. I'm excited to see you walking in light of eternity and it causing you to overcome what could not be overcome with natural lives. Let's look at verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. They were sanctified so they could do his will. And tonight I say I am ready But Lord, send me out as a sanctified man. Sanctify me, Lord, now. Lord, and will you sanctify my son and may he learn it from me. Your salvation was always to be sent back into the darkness just as Jesus was. Yes, that's exactly right. Look at verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For for them I sanctify myself so they too may be truly sanctified. Oh my goodness, the very words of the Christ himself. You are being sent into darkness because he was sent into darkness. Because he had sanctified himself and he set us an example. And it's through him that we are truly sanctified to go out and to do the work that he did. He set an incredible example for his body, didn't he? He set an an incredible example for his hand, for his shoulder, for his foot. And together, as we go out, we will look like Christ doing that work. Amen. Come on, check out verse 20 with me. My prayer is not for them alone. Jesus is praying about his disciples right here. He's saying, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. 
Come on, think about that, church. This is a son praying to his father right before he is about to go into eternity. He is on the edge of eternity and he is praying for what? More sons. More sons. Say that with me. More sons. Those that are coming after us, after you, are his primary concerns. In the light of eternity, what God is concerned with the most is more simple sons. It is our time. Say, it's my time. It's my time. It is our time to show the next generation coming up how to be sent into the darkness and walk in the light of eternity. Church, we live in dark times, and they're getting darker. And I say the stage and the opportunity for the light of eternity is getting greater and greater, a greater opportunity for it to shine through me. Amen. Can a grandfather in the house say amen to the idea that Christ is not just praying for his sons, but he's praying for the sons that will come from them? Yes. See, it's astounding the way in which our king is able to look at a man and see potential in him that goes beyond even what he's capable in this lifetime. I want to encourage you a little bit off the cuff right now that the Lord sees a greater amount of potential in you than you do. It's time for you to throw away your own expectations. It's time to throw away the excuses that we use that is because I have failed in the past. I'm not capable of doing it now. We're throwing away everything that is not vibrant joy from the Holy Ghost. We're throwing away everything that is fear and turning towards faith this evening. Why? Because you are the answer to the world's problems. You are the solution to what they have. And it's time for us to walk in the light of eternity, staring darkness in the face and saying, God sent me here. I'm going to change it. See, when you're a son and you realize that you're meant to be sent into the darkness... That that is a holy kind of excitement that should be coming over you. It's like, hey, this is what I was made for. I'm finally getting put in the game. I'm finally getting to walk in it. We need to stir up an excitement to overcome the evil one. Yes. My wife and I got a bad report today. I am not moved by it right now. I'm not consumed by fear with it. I'm actually kind of excited to get to see a documented healing. When your mind begins to change and you stop living in how things used to be in believing that God is calling more out of you, nothing will stop you and everything is possible. Saints, the priesthood had kind of a series of age brackets that were intended to cause each generation to grow up into what they were called to be. We have a 0 to 25 range, we have a 25 to 30, and then a 30 to 50 and above. This evening, we want to invite everyone that is 25 and down to come to the front of the church. You can start to do that now while we... All those 25 and younger, come to the front. Whether you're 5 or 25, we're after sons this evening. So those three little mongrels on the front row with the name Stevens are coming too. Amen. Can we put 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19 on the screen? We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Part of the reason why we called you up to the stage today is because Starting right now, you are...
are supposed to be setting the example for the rest of the world controlled by the evil one. And what's more than that, it's not just something that you're supposed to be doing. It's something that we are beginning to see in an ever-increasing measure in your life. Let's keep reading. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Look, our holy and our righteous Father has prepared us for this day and the days to come. If you're standing up here, say, My holy and righteous Father has prepared me for these days to come. While darkness is rising up over the entire earth, sons of God like you guys are also rising up in this place. Now I want to charge the fathers and the mothers for a little bit. Those considered fathers and mothers in this room. The question of the night is, in the light of eternity, how could we depart from the solution that is the sons of God? How can we depart from this solution? As fathers and mothers, it is our duty to raise up simple men and women of God who simply just love their father, love the Lord, and want to do His will. How could we depart from that solution? There is nothing else in this world that is worth more than raising up these men and women of God and sending them out. Now to the young people here, in light of eternity, you cannot depart from this solution. The world's solution rests in this group of people standing here right now. All of the darkness in the world, every bit of chaos, all of the craziness out there, the solution is found in all of you in this room right now. In light of eternity, you cannot depart from the path. And that is being trained up as a simple man or a simple woman who loves nothing else but to do their father's will. The next question is, could you be offered riches of equal value to those this dark world seeks to deprive you of? Could you be offered anything that would be worth more than the riches that Christ has for you? The riches that your father has for you in this kingdom. Could you be offered anything that compares to that? Not, Not in the light, light of eternity. In the light of eternity, we stand like simple men. And we say, he who is no fool that gives up everything he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. Eternity is in front of you, young men and women. Eternity is in front of you. All of your past failures, all of your past difficulties are yesterday behind you. Eternity is in front of you and your father is beckoning you as simple men and women. Go forward into the darkness. Go forward and plunge into the darkness. Go to the darkest place that you can find and preach the gospel of the kingdom because you will turn the tide. We are getting equipped to go forward into that darkness tonight. 1 John 4, verse 4. Can we pop that on the screen, please? You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Look, the darkness is not the only one who is increasing. 
You are also increasing because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. So darkness might be increasing outside of you, but the light of God that is inside of you is also increasing every single day and every single day. And you're learning how to overcome. You're learning how to put your foot on the neck of your enemies and on the enemies of Jesus Christ. You're learning how to go out there and to teach others how to do the same. This is our deepest desire for each and every one of you and every single one of us in this place tonight. So there's no reason to hold back. When you embark on this journey in discipleship and the Lord adds to you a calling and he sends you to a place, ask yourself what is holding you back or what would hold you back. If it is fear, then let it die right here at this altar. If it is insecurity, let it die at this altar because the word says it's greater is he that is in you. You have overcome the world. If you lose it all, so be it. You gain Christ. He is worth every sacrifice that we can make. And at this moment, at this altar, you can decide in your heart, I will never back down or be fearful or recant or back up from the things that God has called me to. I want to give an encouragement into the room to everybody, the young people, everyone else out there, the fathers and mothers. Waste no time on being anything other than a simple man who is running into the darkness. Waste no time on worldly pursuits. Waste no time on trying to be more learned and to be more this and more that better than anyone else. Participate in what God has told you to do. Participate in the gifts that God has given you to do and waste no time on anything else. Just be a simple man who simply loves the Lord and wants to die to go into the darkness to do His will. Saints. What we are hoping for, what we are aiming for, is that whether we are in the infancy of Christ or in our latter days of Christ, that every one of us takes the treasures that God has laid up in dark territory. Like in the time of Joshua, like in the time of Caleb, that no stone would be unturned, that no area would be left untaken. Saints standing up here are various ages. There's nothing in my life that I ever hated more than youth group activities, young adults classes, or being separated out from the adults in the room. I put up with many of those things because I wanted discipleship, and we had some awesome, amazing people that loved pouring in to people that are your age. I want to remind you, this world system, this world culture, sets expectations for your age, for your life, that not only are they unreasonable, It's unreasonable in every regard that you would not think. By the time that most of you are at age 18, 17, 19, 20, men and women were building families. They were working careers. They had built a house for their wife to come into. The expectation was that by 20, you were capable to go to war. By the time that you were 25, you were capable to lurk alongside priests. There is treasure laid up in darkness that you must go take. There is no time to waste. There is no time to wait. Many of us have come into Christ at later times, and they are going to work to set an example for you to follow. But don't make it easy on them. Don't give them a reason to feel as if there are years of wisdom that in the world count for something. Show them a kind of wisdom that comes from devotion to the Scripture, that is fearless about going into the darkness, and let it spur our whole body on. 
Now, while we say this, the fathers that are ahead of you are not the type that are going to pace it out. They're not going to make it easy for her. I know Chris back there is going to set a fiery pace for his sons to follow after. He's trying to set a trail. He's trying to blaze something that they can run after. What we're advocating for is that every little pocket from Micaiah and Michael up to Andrew, up to Bonham, some of the beautiful young women sitting over here, your calling is here and now. You are that son that Christ purchased to send into the darkness. So there's no games. There's no teenage years where you're worried about such and such and such and such. You need to focus on what Christ put you on the earth for. And when you walk in light of eternity, not a small sphere around you, Christ will become victorious and you will see things that you did not believe could be accomplished. It's time that we throw away the inhibitions that we have. That you are not able to speak publicly. That you're not able to pray out loud. That you're not able to get revelation from the word and share it with someone else. God brought you here, whether by birth or by transplant. So that you might become all that you can be in Christ. You are the solution to this world's problems. And you are the hope of salvation to your fathers and mothers that are running ahead of you. What we're doing now is cultivating the answer to the Antichrist. We are cultivating it here and now with seeds of faithful, righteous action. I think that we should participate in it as much as possible because he will have it done. And I believe that he wishes to do it through you today. It sure is good to have sons in this house. Revival comes from heaven when heroic sons and daughters enter the conflict determined to win or die, or if need be, to win and die. We separated the congregation, which is something that we don't usually do. I want you in the seats to understand something. What you thought was good enough for you is not good enough for them. Because if you thought the lights were growing dim in your generation, what do you think it's going to be like for them? Mothers, fathers, grandfathers, the promise sevenfold over in the book of Revelation is to he who overcomes. It is our job to instill in them an overcoming spirit. These simple sons and daughters are the solution to the darkness of our time. We're not putting a burden on them. It is their birthright. Are you setting an example that is worth them following? Because the truth is, is the example you said is supposed to springboard them into greatness. Your children ought never have to remind you to go to church. Your children ought not have to remind you to pray. Your sons and daughters ought not remind you to keep your commitment. What was good enough for you is simply not good enough for them. Because it's dark out there. And they are going to rise to meet it. And you want it to be because of you. And not in spite of you. Seven times the promise. 
to he who overcomes. We are raising up a generation of overcoming sons and daughters. And they are the solution to the darkness. I promise it. Would the whole room stand to your feet corporately? We're going to enter back into worship. Father told me when I was young, walk close beside me and be holy, son, and listen closely to what I say, and I will lead you and will help you walk in the way oh god your heart your faith will last trials will come and they will pass don't be troubled don't be afraid I will help you there's a price to be paid to be a simple kind of man and be something you love and Oh God, your heart, your faith will last. Trials will come and they will pass. And don't be troubled and don't be afraid. And I will help you. There's a price to be paid It'd be a simple kind of man It'd be something you love and understand It'd be a simple Won't you do this for me, 
tonight as this is occurring before us. Our brothers read a passage and Natalie, I'm asked that you put this passage up on the screen and then you can come right back to this. The brothers read a passage in John chapter 17, verse 15. It's important enough that I'm bringing our attention back to it because I believe it's what the Holy Spirit is trying to encourage this church with, not only in this moment, but going forward. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. If you've been praying that things get easier in your life, you're praying the wrong prayers. You're not mirroring the prayers of Jesus Christ. He is not trying to get you out of your problems. Our modern society is saying that's all you need to do. We're going to give you help in this life and heaven in the next. You don't need to worry about it. But not out here at LCM not in the one association we know and we're longing to find out where god is sending us he says my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one come on somebody say he's going to protect me in the darkness they are not of the world even as i am not of the world what does it look like to not be of the world to say that it's not enough what I've had. I want more for my sons. I want more for my spiritual sons. I want more for our daughters and our spiritual daughters. They've got to have more, God. God, they've got to have more. And verse 17 is the key. Are you ready for the key? 
Sanctify them by the truth. In a world that is so unsanctified, God is saying, sanctify them. Jesus himself prays, and this is the core of what we're going to go back into worship with. And I'm challenging you tonight. Sanctify them with the truth. But you don't get to decide what that truth is. He doesn't say sanctify them so they feel a certain way. He didn't say sanctify them by how they're thinking and looking at their day. It says sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. What I feel like the Lord is doing is he's working things into our hearts. And he's saying it's not good enough where you stood. You have to be being sanctified by the truth of God's word. It is the Holy Spirit that we're asking to come. You know what that means? It, needs, it means that you need to be holy, that you need to be sanctified. Not only in your actions, but down deep in your heart, down in your thoughts. See, it's not good enough for this church to just say, I didn't do something bad. No, we're going to be sanctified by His Word, and we're going to accomplish what God has for us. Raise your hands right now, mighty God. Mighty God, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. There is no other standard by which we can be sanctified. Lord, reestablish people in this room right now upon the footing that you have called them. Sanctify men. Sanctify women. Sanctify the generations in this room by your word, mighty God. Mighty God, that you would help us to be more in love with your word, to be more sanctified with your word today and the next day and the next day. Mighty God, sanctify us tonight. Come on, I'm going to ask Peyton to lead us again in the third verse of this song. As we move forward and as we continue with worship, let his word sanctify you tonight. day comes don't shrink from death you'll overcome to your final breath I'll always be here right by your side all that I want for you
I want to send you out the door with a promise. Let's go back to John 17. And let's pick up in verse 19. Because it just keeps getting better. For them. Somebody say for them. Now those of you that were sitting in the seats that I was picking on. You can hate on me, but it's my job. It's for them. For them, I sanctify myself. You guys that are 26 and up in here, we're not asking you to set yourselves apart just for you. For them, I sanctify myself. That they too may be truly sanctified. See, if we call something holiness that's not. If we call something sanctified that's not. Then what happens to them? But the promise is. If you guys that were in the seats. If you truly sanctify yourself for them then they will be truly sanctified because they will follow in your footsteps and outrun you from behind. The young men overcome the evil one. I got a whole pack of them coming up behind me. But it inspires us to finish well, doesn't it? We're going to close in prayer and my promise to you if you sanctify yourself for them, they will also be truly sanctified. That's how you fight for the generation coming behind you. I don't have anything to leave my children except the righteous life that I am living. And I got to tell you, that's a better inheritance than my dad gave me. Father, we thank you. There is none that is like you. You are holy. You are pure. You are the victory over all of the darkness. Lord, we stand in your light as your sons. And we say we will face the enemy. And we will overcome in your great name. Father, sanctify us for their sake. That they too may truly be sanctified. In the name of Jesus, all God's people rejoice and say, Amen. Amen.